sisters that bring you into mamas the podcast where we talk everything from foster care to adoption to healthy clean living motherhood and everything in between thanks for listening hello this is natalie here and rachel And we are so excited about this week's podcast episode. If you haven't had a chance to go back and listen to our other four, please do. Last week, I got to interview an amazing mom, Mama, who is traveling the world with her kids and teaching them about multiculturalism and just serving people of different cultures. And she's a homeschool mom. She's uh, fostered, or not fostered, but uh, hosted exchange students. Mm -hmm. They've had all kinds of cultures in their home. Really interesting. So go back and listen to that episode. And also, I just wanted to thank our listeners for being so understanding. Last week, our episode uh, was posted a day late because I've been suffering with this terrible cold. But now, thanks to essential oils and tons and tons of water, I am feeling better. Woohoo! So Rachel, why don't you introduce this episode? So we wanted to do an episode episode about the art of storytelling we come from a line of filipino traditions where all the children would gather around and listen to stories from our great-grandfather would tell stories about his life in the philippines he came here when he was only 21 years old with nothing but the clothes on his back and right around the time of the great depression here. and he worked hard every day and i remember i loved hearing his story of perseverance how how he learned the language how he'd only have enough money to buy a fish and a bowl of rice at the end of the day and my great-grandfather is passed on now but he was such an incredible loving person who always served other people and then my grandfather who is just this funny hilarious guy and I still I've heard his stories a million times and I still still love to sit there and listen Mm -hmm. to his stories and of course that got passed down to my dad and we love stories about our father in college and in when he was in high school he was kind of a prankster kind of got in trouble (laughs) Um, but yeah so we we grew up hearing these funny stories and kind of took it for granted that um, not all families do that. Not mm-hmm. all families. Our family is totally satisfied when we get together. We just sit around and talk and laugh and tell stories and remember that one time. Remember that one time. And we laugh so hard. Our sister is coming into town this weekend and she had sent Natalie a text and just said, I can't wait for us to sit and laugh until our bellies hurt because that is how it is. And I feel like we've kind of lost that as a society. Mm-hmm. And even if you are not deeply rooted in your culture, I I think it's important that you take the time to tell your children about what happened in your childhood. It's so easy to sit in front of a TV or it's so easy to sit in front of our phones and our kids just do their own things. But how about sit them down to a meal and tell them a funny story about your childhood. Tell them about their grandparents or tell Mm -hmm. them about important, valuable things to you. And I think it's so easy just to forget to do those things. Well, and it's so important when we talk about wellness, you know, we often talk about what we eat and, but we all, you also have to talk about what like goes into your mind. And so if your kids have an understanding of their story and both of us being adoptive moms, mm-hmm. our stories, there's parts of our kids' stories we don't even know. Yeah. And so it's so important to make them feel part of the family by telling them when Papa tells the story, yeah, um, it's like the funniest thing and and things like that so or stories of his 
trips he tells these beloved trips of his grandfather our our great grandfather and just the amazing camping trips they had in washington rainforest and so uh these stories you know maybe to people on the outside wouldn't be that interesting but your kids are gonna love to hear them and maybe not the first time you say okay we're gonna put our phones down and tell stories well no maybe it has to start with something a little sillier like okay i want you guys to go find five of your favorite jokes and then bring them all to the table and then we're going to just tell jokes and that will naturally organically turn into storytelling because we since the beginning of human history we've been telling stories Mm -hmm. and the bible is a giant book of stories we as human beings love them and they make us feel great and teach us things so um it's important to have your own history and really they don't have to be written out they don't have to be super like there doesn't have to be a moral to every single story and you don't have to be the best storyteller either I mean I'm not the best storyteller I stumble over my words I forget the details Natalie's a great storyteller she's hilarious but that's because I was an English teacher and read thousands of stories honestly (laughs) um but well we have a sister we won't say her name who tells very 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 detailed stories where she's like, it was a Wednesday. No, it was a Tuesday. And I remember it was a Tuesday because, and we all know that person who tells stories like that. But it doesn't matter how good you are, just start doing it. So or how long and detailed your stories are. It's still fun to listen. So hopefully our stories don't run on and on. Yeah. Well, and the thing about our childhood that we didn't realize how maybe weird and out there it was until we went into the real world and started meeting other people were like oh it's not normal to have like 17 people living in the house at one time Mm -hmm. you know or you know it's not um it's not normal to you know have this much crazy someone came to our house and said they're like it's like i'm watching a play (laughs) organize this ahead of time we're like no we're just crazy like one person comes in they say their drama the other person comes in um even my our house was always and this is the kind of house that i want to have as a mom the house where all my children's friends gets to come and hang out. And our house was really like that. My parents didn't really care how many kids came over on the weekends. And think about that. There was six girls. Each of us had our friends over on the weekends. Can you imagine how crazy our house got? Well, for my ninth birthday, <laughs> my mom and dad told me I could invite 15 friends to my birthday Which party. Which is generous. All your moms out there will know that. <laughs> and so what I did is I invited like, all the girls in the class I was like I'm just gonna have all the girls come to my birthday party well then we had this huge massive snowstorm and so we had to postpone the party so my dad was really my dad is very creative and he used to design magazines and stuff so he always made us these really awesome cool um invitations yeah invitations and so my dad had made me 15 new invitations that said postponed on the front like come to Rachel's party it's been postponed so instead of giving those to the same friends that I gave to before (laughs) I gave them to 15 new people and I invited my entire fourth grade class to my birthday party and every single one of them came all the parents were like our kids have been stuck inside well and it was more than 30 kids because it had to have been like 40 it was both the it was both the classes and yeah. then I just told everyone, Everybody's invited to my birthday party. My dad had to leave and go get more food at the store. <laughs> I remember one of the guys was like, 
all the girls ate all the food. And so my dad had to run down to the store and get more like pizzas. And then he had to, um, then, oh my gosh, we like went outside and played. And because it had been snowing, it was so muddy. We lived out on a farm. My wonderful dad spent all night washing all those shoes. And then of course it was a slumber party. That's why I only invited girls at first. So all the boys went home and then I had like 15 girls and we spend just the night. giggled and laughed all night long i remember being so cool like all the older kids because rachel's older than me just so you know um not the, by much yeah, all the older kids um you know hanging around and oh and then like didn't five kids like lose their shoes in our field yeah it was my so dad funny. like our dad had to go out and like fish out people's shoes in that muddy field and then wash them in that big wash tub that we had out in the mud room like mm-hmm. oh my gosh when even our mother too i don't even know she was such a patient person because every single wednesday we had youth group and we just kind of had a standing invitation if you wanted to go to youth group you kind of like came to our house and then and you could spend the night and, and and you got to go to church and they all rode the bus home and our bus driver hated it she, she did she hated she it she was like you guys are so rowdy and uh, you, you know. can't have like five kids come home with you there's not enough room on this bus and i was like okay whatever lady this is a bus but anyways we should respect our elders but <laughs> She wasn't mean. There was some nice bus drivers. But anyways. Janice. Um, so we. <laughs> was that her name? Her name was Jan. And oh. so I'd always be like, Janice. <laughs> you need to respect your elders, Rachel. <laughs> anyway, so I just, I thought it was normal that you got to have a sleepover at least once a week. And then they'd come back on the weekends. And um, we even, we had a friend who when she came to our house so often and we had a lot of bedrooms in one of our houses that we lived in because there was just a lot of people Well, when we first had all six girls living at home my parents built a huge house Mm -hmm. then they built onto that house because they're like there's all these girls we need more bathrooms we need more space six girls we need to just separate them we built this huge house so you guys could separate and the drama would be separated well and it's true too because like three of us were in high school at the same time i mean four we were really close in age and so it wasn't yeah we were all teenagers at the same time it was well and then when the older two sisters had left then there was like emptier rooms and then each sister had like started going off to college and they'd have more empty rooms and more empty rooms and they always filled it with people so once summer um my mom she was doing laundry or something and she saw a sign and it said it said that gal's name and it said so and so's room and um she's like this is not one of my children why do they have a room in my house and and she's like what is this all about and our friend was like well you know i've been here for like three weeks so i just decided to take this room (laughs) she's like i didn't know you'd been here she's like i'm on the chore list like What the heck? So, I mean, Arma, I don't know. She, looking back, I'm like, gosh, you were so hospitable. Oh, and she was so patient. And I remember in high school being like, my mom is so rude. My mom is so mean. And <laughs> she's like so nice. Now as a mom, I'm like, I can't believe I was such a jerk to you in high school. Like, I know. I... I can't believe you'd get mad when we'd be in the food eating like at 10 o'clock at night and you'd get mad like gosh my mom is so unreasonable and it's like yeah and she'd like go costco shopping and i mean there were so many people living at our house and so many people coming over for dinner all the time and you know they were pastors and so like they were always inviting people over and always like taking food to people i mean just really generous people but like i and then we'd be we'd be allowed to eat like one granola bar a day and if, yeah. if she caught you sneaking a second granola bar she'd be like and give you this and oh it's terrible you guys 
I make the same face. <laughs> you make the same face as mom all I'm the like, time. Like, oh my gosh. But if I'm half the woman she was, I'll, I'll be just fine with yeah, that. Yeah, if I'm half the woman our mom was, I'd say I'm doing a pretty good job as a mom. Mm-hmm. Um, but there I keep going saying I'm um again. Sorry, guys. That's okay. But anyways, and then it's so funny because we had all these teenagers. There was a full house. Our house was seriously crazy in the mornings. And my mom, because we lived out in the country... They'd have to drive us to the bus stop before we were able to, before we were able to drive ourselves. When I got my license before Natalie, Natalie which was a terrifying, and that's another story. I'll Natalie tell. took her sweet time to get her license because <laughs> I was terrified of driving. Okay, well, first tell your story, and then okay. I'll tell about your driving. So, um, now I don't even remember what my story was. Well, here's the problem, you guys. I've cultivated this like really great image in my adult life that I'm this like kind and happy person. And now that Rachel has moved to the same town as me, she's like telling all my friends my my terrible teenage stories. Okay, but we were both bad. Okay, so Natalie, sometimes we would drive each other crazy. So in order to get it all out in the door in the morning, we each had our own shower time. And it was like a 10-minute increment that you had to be... supposed to be law. In the shower. It was supposed to be law. So my room was right next to Natalie's room. And my alarm would go off at 6 a.m. And I'd hit the snooze button and fall back asleep. And then I'd hear Natalie's alarm go off at 6.10. And I'd jump out of bed as fast as I could and then run into the bathroom and lock the door. You guys, like, I know (laughs) it was so many years ago, but I'm, like, a little mad right now. (laughs) Like, because I would remember, and I planned my morning with enough time to get ready. And I am, anyone who spends time with me in the morning knows that I am not a happy person in the morning. So then Rachel runs in the shower and I am livid. So I'm pounding on the door and Rachel is. And I'm just like, I love you too, sis, from the other side of the door. And which just irritates me to no end so it's six in the morning you know six ten in the morning and i'm yelling at the top of my lungs get out of the shower it's my shower time and our wonderful father comes out and um i almost lose it laughing because in his haste to come out and tell us to be quiet he had grabbed our mother's bathrobe (laughs) and he is wearing this pink floral bathrobe that is way too short for a man And his hair is like crazy and he's like, looks like he's going to murder someone. (laughs) And I'm just sitting there like, oh my gosh, if I laugh, I'm going to be in so much trouble. (laughs) He's like, you guys. And and he would not hear that Rachel stole my shower time. (laughs) Because Natalie, when she was emotional, Natalie is this beautiful, vibrant, emotional, like she feels it with all her feels. And she has this amazing sense of justice. But when you're a teenager, it's really hard to cap that. And so she's all like in her mood, like, you don't understand. She stole my shower time. But he's like, I don't want to hear it. You're the one sitting there yelling at your sister. Well, and guess who gets grounded? Not happy, nice Rachel. <laughs> and that's all. Like, I remember one time I like told my sister like a really bad word. Like I said a really bad word to her and my older sister and my, and she told my dad, she's like, oh my gosh, Rachel just said this word. And, and you know what he said? Not sweet Rachel. That was the that was seriously my parents' reaction. Oh no, not Rachel. Rachel would never say something like that. I could literally get away with anything, but most of the time I was really sweet, but I had my like very vindictive moments. So picture this. 
We are driving. Natalie's already irritated because she's the one having to like brush her hair in the car and get ready in the car because I took so her extra shower, shower time. The shower thing wasn't a one-time thing. Like <laughs> you guys, I mean, maybe I sound like the evil person in the story, <laughs> no, but you don't. Rachel did this all the time. <laughs> like she stole my shower slot all the time. So and here's the thing, like, I am a total morning person. My daughter is not. Like, sometimes she'll just be like, stop, mom. When I'm talking to her in the morning, she'll literally just be like, stop, mom, because I'll be like, good morning to you, good morning. And then I am a total morning person. I get up early, and I'm ready to go. I don't even need coffee. I'm full of energy. And Natalie's like, give me my coffee, like, then I'll be okay, which, well, I don't know if you drink coffee in high well, school. Well, like, but- no, just don't talk to me for an hour. Like, my husband knows. Like, he says good morning, and then he, like, gives me space because he's a wonderful human being. But Rachel, bless her talkative even, heart. Even Autumn and Becca would be in the car, like, and I'd be driving them to school. Our other two sisters. And well. it'd be one thing, I guess, if I was talking about something, like, super interesting, but what did I talk about? The Oregon Trail. Not, like, the actual Oregon Trail, which <laughs> might have been kind of historically interesting, but, like, the cheesy game you play in middle school, and, like... Rachel is in high school because she's old <laughs> enough to drive. So she's talking. She's like, yeah, my my kid, Hipsabah, got really sick. And I'm like, oh, my gosh. She's, like, really <laughs> invested in her, like, Oregon Trail family. My fake family. I cared so much about. I used to, I'd, like, give myself, like, five or six kids, and they'd all die off, and I'd get really upset. And I'd have to tell my sisters about it. And I remember you were being, you were, okay, this story makes you sound, like, really mean, but you were being so nice about it. You were like... Rachel, can we please listen to music? Like, we don't want to talk about your family. And I'd be like, I know, but my one kid has, like, the plague. And <laughs> then we lost half of our stuff trying to forge the river. I knew we should have just paid the ferry. <laughs> like, like, And then finally she's like, like, Rachel, stop talking. And I was like, uh, blah, 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 blah. And then finally she, like, slapped me across the face. Well, I, okay, I warned you. I said, <laughs> if you don't stop talking about... <laughs> The Oregon Trail. I'm going to smack you. And Becca is in the backseat. And Becca's like trying so to make mutual. peace. Becca is the type of person. She's so Switzerland. Like she's so good to talk to when one of us are in a fight. Because she's just like really good at being neutral. Telling us all to calm down. So and I just. I. <laughs> she doesn't stop talking about it. And I'm a woman of my word. Even back then. And okay, you know, a movie came out back then called like, was it like Confessions of a Teenage Drama Queen? Oh yeah. With Lindsay Lohan. Oh my gosh. And everyone said I was her (laughs) in that movie. And Okay, but you were never a liar. You would you were very honest and had good integrity. Okay. Yeah, I never lied, but I was always like trying to like sign a petition and (laughs) like save the world. But Rachel was ruining my life that morning. And so then, you know, it was dangerous. She was driving. I shouldn't have smacked you. I'm sorry. I feel Natalie, bad. Natalie, it's okay. Because then one time, well, and then she- I, I was trying to show up. Oh, yeah. After you slapped me, I started to cry. And Becca was like, Ugh. oh, great. Now you made her cry. And I'm like, ah. Did you tell on me? No. I think we had a sister we code of honor. We had the sister code of honor, which you couldn't tell on each other or else you'd be kicked out. And that happened one time because... You think that I was mean, you were mean, but then remember when you were in the back of the pickup truck and I wanted to look cool in front of my friends and she was sitting in the bed of the pickup truck, like on the edge. We lived in the country. So like we drove pickup trucks around and it was normal to sit in the back and please don't like 
tell us our parents were terrible for letting us do it. It was um, totally Well, they safe. probably didn't know we were just doing this. <laughs> yeah. But then Natalie was sitting on the tailgate, and I thought it'd be funny to pull out really fast. I mean, how stupid is that? Like, to make the, you know, kick the gravel kick up? Kick the rocks and the gravel up. But I didn't realize she wasn't holding on very well, and she, like, fell out of the pickup truck. Like, and flew out of the pickup <laughs> that truck. That girl got hurt, and she was, like, so mad. And then I was like, Natalie, I will buy you a new pair of shoes if you don't tell on me. And it, it was so shallow. But I really, like, it was really popular to wear, like, skater shoes back then. Remember? Yeah, I did buy you a pair of Vans. And she bought me a pair of Vans, and I loved them so much. So I guess, like, it wasn't that bad. But she, like, seriously was so afraid I was going to tell mom I think I, like, really could have hurt you. That's the scary thing. And I'm pretty sure I hurt you pretty, like, you probably had a sore tailbone yeah, for a couple well, of days. Yeah, well, nothing was broken, and I just bled a little tiny bit. So, <laughs> I don't know. Well, and see, these are things that, like, you know, like, oh, my gosh, having so many siblings, just a bunch of crazy stuff just happened to us, just the sheer amount. So, uh, I do want to tell you about a very, very sad Valentine's Day Oh, that was traumatic for Rachel for lots of reasons. But <laughs> we need to give you some backup. So at okay, the time, backup. <laughs> at the time, if you counted it up, there was like well over ten people living with us. There was an elderly couple living with us that my mom kind of took care of, and then like I don't know, probably a sister and her kids after they got divorced. I can't remember everyone who was living there, but. A lot of people were living there. (laughs) There was a lot of people living there. And we were having a Valentine's Day party. And it was really cool. We had this thing called a pole barn. And it, like, we fixed it up. It had, like, a dance floor and a stage. And it had a pool table and couches. It even had a bar. But they, of course, kept that locked up when the teenagers were in there. Yeah. So it was pretty cool. We got to, like, I mean, it was in the middle of nowhere, literally. So we couldn't really get in that much trouble. But we would hang out in the pole barn. So we were having a Valentine's Day party. And it was really exciting for Rachel because it was her... One, one year anniversary with my first boyfriend. And you guys, I, he was a senior and I was a freshman when we were started dating. And I was like head over heels she was in, in love, love with, this with this man. Well, boy. I mean, he was. Yeah, he was a boy. Yeah, no, I was so in love with him. And so I was about, we started dating when I was 15. So I was 16 then. And we started dating on Valentine's Day. So it was. Valentine's Day and I was like they're gonna have this party and I'm gonna get ready and my boyfriend's gonna come pick me up and take me out like, and it was horrible because like all of our friends were there like everyone. everyone and we were just having a good time and then all of a sudden we hear this like shrieking like I'm not gonna relive the sound for you but like <laughs> I mean it sounded like an animal was being murdered like it was shrieking and she's coming in the house and just tears running down her face and mom and dad are like Oh my gosh, what happened? Like, did you get hurt? They thought something happened at the party with somebody. and Yeah, and because all the party then left the pole barn and then came into our house, like, in a... Yeah, a to blog. see if I was okay. I mean, I had good friends. And then the old lady who was living with us, like, was like, I thought someone had hurt her. And she was, like, so worried about you. Like, she seriously thought she got hit by a car or something. Yeah. And, and then my dad was like... What happened? I said, Katie broke up with me. But okay, and but, he goes, Oh, thank God! I thought somebody got hurt, and I was like, oh, I am hurt. <laughs> I know, like sometimes dads. Oh my gosh, he always had chocolate. He <laughs> give you chocolate, anyways. But then, like, we couldn't even get Rachel to like calm down enough. And this lame senior did it over the phone on Valentine's Day on your one year wedding anniversary. Not wedding anniversary. I'm sorry, <laughs> I'm not a child bride. <laughs> 
<laughs> no, but he, I mean, we like he planned he was gonna take me out. He had like this whole thing planned. I had his Valentine's Day gift, and then he calls me to tell me like. Uh, I can't pick you up and today and I'm like okay can we do it tomorrow and he's like no I think we should break up like, what the heck I know but it... anyway so we're all like in a fit you know all of her friends and you know her sisters and and uh but Rachel like you literally couldn't get it out of her what was wrong at first because she was like hyperventilating crying and Gosh, it makes me sound so dramatic uh, we all were back then <laughs> well he was my first kiss he was my first boyfriend he was and my he first was your first date, dance on my date. first dance like he was my first of a lot of things well and it was so funny because your best friend oh we i love him to death but anyways so there we, he knew what was going on but mom and dad are like what is the matter and and he was like well and then a bunch of our friends came up and they're like What's wrong, Rachel? And then he looks at them and he goes, her dog died. <laughs> she didn't even have a dog. He was just trying to protect yeah, her. Yeah, he's like, her dog died. But I know it was a terrible traumatic night for you, but it was... We still yeah. had fun at the Valentine's yeah, and like, party. Don't worry about him anymore. We're going to go have fun. And we just danced. And and see, that was... I, I didn't realize it was a kind of thing to our family culture, too, that like we are together five minutes before we start dancing. Mm-hmm. And then, yeah. like, even at my wedding, um, you guys did, like, uh, what's that game? Limbo for, like, an hour. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was like, why are you guys limboing? Like, this is what we do. We dance and we limbo. We dance, we sing, we have fun. Yeah. And that's kind of been something that really has been passed down to us. And, I mean, so it's funny because we talk about us as teenagers. And in today's world, we say teenagers are so stupid. They're eating Tide Pods and they're doing... But you know what? Teenagers were doing stupid stuff in every generation. We've just told you a few stupid things we did as teenagers. And then when my grandpa was a teenager, my grandma and grandpa just celebrated their 60-year anniversary. I know. They are adorable. And they started dating in high school. My grandma asked him to the Sadie Hawkins dance. My grandpa was so shy. He would never been able to ask her out. But they dated all through high school. It was kind of scandalous because she was Caucasian. And And he was Filipino. Filipino. So his parents were very, or her parents were very against it. Because this is like, what, in the 50s, right? Yeah, there was, interracial dating was very taboo. And especially Filipinos because (laughs) they were just starting to immigrate from into the Seattle area from the Philippines and there was a lot of immigration going on and there was a lot of racism going on and he even used to say that at school he would tell people that he was Cuban because Filipinos were like on the bottom of the totem pole in his world and um, so her parents were really upset that she was dating him well, they got into a little fight in junior, with their junior year, because that's what teenagers do. And so my grandma, to get back at my dad, decided to go You on mean a, grandpa? Oh, yeah. My grandma, yeah, dad wasn't around yet. <laughs> my grandma, to get back at my grandpa, decided to go to a drive-in movie with um, one of his friends and somebody that sh- wanted to ask her out on a date. So when my grandpa had called her house, her mom was like, oh, she's on a date with so-and-so. And... They're at the drive-in movies. So my grandpa... And all his buddies got in the trunk. So that's how they used to like get five people into the drive-in movies for the price of one person. They would all shove them in the trunk. And and hide in the trunk. And then drive in. So they decided to bring a barrel of apples. Why apples to this day? I don't know. I guess because they can really leave a bruise. And they took the apples and parked behind my grandma and her day and just threw apples at them. (laughs) I mean, teenagers 
teenagers have always done things yeah. in every generation. And, you know, I, it's so fun to hear these stories. And then even, you know, some of the stories from our childhood aren't things that we necessarily remember, but they're things that, you know, we had a childhood of, like, always being outside and... I mean, when we lived in the middle of nowhere, there was like nothing to do and we didn't have internet, obviously, because it was like before the internet was in your house. Um, but we had cats and we had chickens and we would like dress the cats up in dolls clothes. And this is when we were much younger. Um, but we would this dress... was like yesterday. <laughs> like, this was... We weren't teenagers anymore, but we would no, dress. No, this is little, little. Yeah, we would dress the, the cats up in like you know, just like make them get married and stuff like that. We also had a pool and a trampoline. And um, if you can do the math, you know, we would jump from the trampoline to the pool. And I realize now why dad did not build the pool closer to our second story deck. Mm -hmm. Because if he had done that, we would totally have been jumping from the deck <laughs> yeah. into the pool. I'm sure we thought about it a time or two. Oh, but night swimming and just like, uh, just... When we built the house out on that property, there was just trees and like a junkyard from the people who had lived there before. And we probably could have gotten tetanus or whatever, but we built a little fort in this like... Yeah, we used old tires. And even remember there was railroad ties, like the big like sticks and stakes from the railroads. And mm -hmm. we would build all kinds of stuff with that. My mom, we had like these old, those old Radio Shack walkie talkies that were like radio style that could go out for miles and miles. Mm -hmm. And my mom, I mean, we were young. We lived on a hundred acres and my mom would literally just send us outside all day. She'd give us snacks and be like, drink just, out of the hose if you're yeah. thirsty. Like we would be gone all day long and she'd check in on us with the radio. Yeah, and we like knew like our property had these um, boundary lines, these and... boundary lines, and then also had, and you know at this point we were probably like ten, eleven, twelve, mm -hmm. um, and they had power lines, so we knew how to get back if we got lost. But we would just explore the whole hundred acres, and we found all these like little you know places to hide and fun stuff and and then the winter time we'd pretend like we were stranded in this cold like Alaska on the Oregon Trail yeah. <laughs> and, and we <we'd laughs> don't bring that up again. Yeah. <laughs> We'd say, day one, still haven't found shelter or food. The comrades are getting restless. And, like, we'd, we'd make our cats come with us on our little, like, and we could maybe go 50 yards because you couldn't go very far in the snow. Oh, no. I loved the snow, and I could go sledding. It was Becca who would be outside for, like, five minutes. And she'd be like, crying. I'm cold. And we'd be like, okay, Becca, go back inside. We love Becca, and she is the peacemaker, but She's she such was a the good one mom. that was going to get her, like, dang arm or leg broken or something was going to get broken and then we wouldn't be able to play anymore. Mm -hmm. uh, but I, I do want to end with one story that just like has shaped my life and just made me just so, it's so funny. And we could tell stories for the next two hours, but um, well, we, we think we're funny. if you have six children that are women and they are young women trying to become teenagers and, you know, young women. Mm -hmm. It takes a long time to get out of the house. And our mom hated being late. And I'm like, how did you have six kids and hate being late? But anyways, mm -hmm. um, she liked to be places on time. And so she would yell throughout the house, five-minute warning, two-minute warning. She used to warning. set the timer on the kitchen stove, too. And, and she would give us off. so many margins. And bless her, our dad is like... 
and we can talk all about dad on this because he ain't ever going to sit down for 30 minutes to listen to a podcast. <laughs> but anyways, he is la- he'd be late to his own funeral. Like, seriously, he's late to everything. Um, but he, he um, uh, she would say, she would get in the car and she would honk twice. And if you were not in the car at the end of the two honking, she would leave without you. And mm-hmm. she literally would. And she'd say, I'm honking twice and then I'm leaving. Yeah. And this was when we were teenagers. It's not like she's leaving a toddler at home. Like, <laughs> yeah. I mean, twice, we, yeah. We and were, then I'm leaving. And I'd be like, it's my doctor's appointment. She's like, well, you'll miss it. <laughs> my, and, you know, she only had to do it a couple times before we learned our lesson. But one time, was it you? I can't remember. I was one of the sisters. One of the sisters um, heard the two honkings and ran outside literally without pants on and they were she had her like jeans in her hand and she was she had no shoes on she had her makeup bag and she had her jeans and they're like a flag behind her and she's and mom's what what she would do she'd honk twice and then she'd slowly start she would slowly start like leaving off um to go because we had a really long driveway so i mean there was some margins there but Whichever sister, I'm sorry, we're probably embarrassing her, um, but she's running down the driveway with no pants on, and she got there in time, and so she's like in the car, and um, you've never seen people get ready in the car until you have been in the Ladinas. Yeah, even for Christmas one year, my mom got us a car makeup kit. <laughs> Because she was so tired of, like, makeup being left everywhere. So she got, like, this nice little suitcase and put all this makeup in it. And was like, okay, this makeup stays in the house and this is the car makeup. Which was such a good idea. I know. And our our parents, bless them, like, you know, they uh, one year for Christmas, dad... Um, took his office and converted it into a vanity room. And he put up a giant mirror with lights all around it and little baskets, which each one of our little like hair strainers and curling irons. And it did not stop us from fighting over the bathroom, but you know, it gave him a little bit of peace, but you know, we've kind of focused on our teenage stories. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, I, it's even, I know I'm getting older. I'm like, even kids stories. I'm kind of like, I don't remember much. (laughs) Well, and then also I'm like, oh my gosh, why were we allowed to do that? Or, you know. Well, and we used to love to play in the car with our baby dolls. We'd put them in like the car seats of our little sisters and we'd play with our baby dolls. And mm-hmm. I remember one time my sisters and I were all playing this game with our babies and my sister Shay was the doctor. And <laughs> you guys, I've always been so sensitive. I will cry at movies. I will like, I can't handle watching she's the news. She's always been like a mom. Ever I, since she was like a little kid, she's always been a mom. But I just, I can't handle like bad news sometimes. It's really hard for me. And so we were playing this game and my baby, I had taken her to the doctor, my baby doll, and my older sister Shay was the doctor and she comes out and she says, I'm sorry, your baby didn't make it. Yeah, Shay always played like really and then realistically. I just started bawling, and then I it's just like funny. It wasn't even a real game. It was my baby doll. It's fake <laughs> baby doll, and she's like, oh yeah. And but, sisters do things that are mean, but is also endearing because my sister Shay has always stuck up for me like no other. I remember one time we were at the fair, and one of the guys had like shortchanged me on one of the games and you hell hath no fury than somebody who messes with your sister and my sister went up there and Shay was like I don't think so you give her her money back and some this is wrong like and I was like oh and Shay's always stuck up for me like oh my goodness yeah that's the nice thing with kind of with sisters is we fought we you know did things we regret Rachel Mm -hmm. 
almost broke my shin with a skateboard once, but let's not get <laughs> yeah, into it. It, it makes me mad thinking about it. Anyways, <laughs> but we... I forgot about that. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, and we both got grounded. No, did I get... I see this is what always happened. <laughs> you it's, got in trouble. <laughs> so Rachel would do some careless thing, and then I would... Okay, it wasn't on purpose though. I was like balancing on a skateboard. She was trying to skateboard in her defense. She was really bad at skateboarding. And it like flew up and hit your knees so hard. Oh, and I I was like so proud. I wouldn't cry, but I'd get really, really (laughs) mad. But I wanted to cry. But anyways. Yeah, you got in trouble. I'm sorry, Natalie. (laughs) Not sweet Rachel. (laughs) They couldn't believe Rachel. Not clumsy sweet Rachel. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my gosh. But yeah, but um, sisters, like... I, one thing our mom did let us do was work through our own. If mm-hmm. she heard us in the other room having conflict, she would just let us have the conflict and maybe she could have stepped in. But I think it actually taught us how to deal with conflict and none of us are afraid of like getting in each other's business and being like, hey, this really hurt my feelings, you know, and sometimes we yelled. And I do think as adults, we are learning how to not have yelling in our conflict. And that is something we had to like get past but yeah because it's not even so much yelling is this that we're loud people yeah this podcast but what's weird as me as an adult though i realized i really don't like raising my voice which is funny because when i was a teenager and a kid i was loud as heck and then when there's six of us all in the car together and we're and trying i to... sing opera and they're and all like oh my gosh rachel's learning opera we're like because she wasn't loud enough <laughs> but but you know now my sisters are my dearest dearest mm, friends i don't yes. know how people you know like and it's not like we all have perfect relationships but i can call any one of them at any time of the day or night when we got some really bad news um, a while back, it was like one in the morning and I was able to call my sister and just cry and cry and cry. And, you know, um, that's not something you have always. And, you know, we're always on a group chat together and we're always just talking back and forth and sending pictures of our kids and stuff. And it's such a special thing. And so, um, you know, storytelling, I think, and just being around a table or sitting all on the same little couch together that is what built that when we were young. When and we it were... builds community and it builds love. And at the end of the day, we knew no matter how mad we were at each other, how much we did not let the sun go down on our anger. We found each other and we dealt with it and we loved stronger through it. We didn't let things slide under the rug. And But how can you have that type of relationship? You first have to fill each other's love tanks and you have to build that community. How do you build community? Sitting around, talking about things, sharing stories, sharing meals. Mm-hmm. That's all ways you can build that community in your own family. Start with your own kids and then teach them to do it with each other. And then they'll always have a friend for life. Mm-hmm. And if you were, have only one child or if you're an only child, find a group of friends to do that with. Just a group of friends to be with. Yeah, a friend closer than a brother. Like, I mean... And I, I know it is so hard because people have been hurt, but one of the best places to find community is in a church. And I know people have been hurt by churches, but some of my best friends who I would consider like a sister, and I have five amazing sisters, like, um, I found them I don't them need any more church. friends. <laughs> well, even my husband, like, I met him at church because we all had the same ideals. And, um, yeah, but when you open your heart to people, you also you are going to get hurt. Mm-hmm. My, there's been times where my sisters have truly hurt me or said things that were hurtful. And, and they I, would hurt you the most. And I've said, ooh, such hurtful things to my sisters because I know they're 
it's like she knew my hurt button. And yeah, she pressed it. We know, and we and it, we hurt those that are closest to us. But if you have enough of that love built out and that compassion and support and understanding, that relationship is only going to get stronger. And these stories need to be told. Like your grandchildren and your children need to know what it was like in the 1950s. They need to know those things. Like grandma and grandpa were an interracial couple. That wasn't normal back then. That's really cool that they got married and stepped out of the norm of society, you know? And when they they got married, the year they got married, they there were states in our our country where it was illegal for them to get mm-hmm. married. So I mean, those are the coolest stories. They need to know the, how much our great grandfather sacrificed coming here literally on a boat with nothing mm-hmm. to make a life for us now. And, and we when get he to passed have that away, life. he owned his home. He had a big garden. He was healthy. He lived a hundred years, two weeks shy of his hundredth birthday. Yeah, and um, even on his hundredth birthday that we celebrated, his birthday was in January, but that summer before we celebrated his hundredth birthday with all the family, he was sharp. He knew yeah. who everyone was. His mind wasn't fading. He says, like, I'm not like those other old men that are walking around with a bent back. And he's, like, 99 years old telling us this story. Yeah, and he'd like to say, how old do you think I am? <laughs> like, like, yeah, okay. and it's because, well, I mean. Well, and he ate very healthy. Yeah, like, he, he had a garden. a lot of vegetables, like fish. fish. Lots of healthy fats. Mm-hmm. And now we're trying to get back to that legacy of long living that our families have. And it's mm-hmm. so cool. We can... Be that way through the stories and I'm so excited to tell my daughter um, the stories of her family and and her even traditions yeah and... our traditions and then also you know we're trying to learn as much as we can about her culture in India and her life so we can kind of fill in some of the gaps from her own personal story and I know you've done the same thing even like you know trying to find pictures and stories of your daughter from when she was really little mm-hmm. and um so storytelling so important we hope you liked some of our stories we told i mean we like them they're from our past but <laughs> um you can find natalie at natalie underscore clean living 1990 and you can find me on fostering health 89 and if you check out our instagrams tonight we're gonna post some pictures, pictures of, us. of us when uh, we were kids and maybe some awkward teen photos if i we don't can. know if i have any oh that. we have some <laughs> don't I'm worry i'm like i don't no she's like i don't think rachel we think invented the selfie because i mean she was taking pictures on that crappy digital camera and then like putting them in frames <laughs> like, and we're talking like 1997 or something like that so okay not that old i was born in 89 like yeah you I'm were not that old natalie <laughs> you were doing it when you were like eight nine and ten so i mean anyways so um we love you all Go Thanks back for and, listening. Thank you for listening. Go back and catch some of our other episodes. Hopefully some laughter helped with your mental wellness. We are the, the Insta Mamas. Love you. Thanks for listening. <laughs>